waiting for the host to start this meeting. I thought I was late, but I'm on time. The host is nowhere that I can't find. Zoom it belongs in a nursery rhyme, and I, I'm waiting for the host to start this meeting. Howdy. Welcome to this episode of Managing Expectations, the podcast. The Managing Expectations podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Jeff, Jeff Winger, and uh, with me, as always, is the aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm, whose friends call him Seabass. I've never been called Seabass. Yeah, you have. No, yeah, I haven't. Yeah, have. I, I called you. Okay. Howdy, Brian. Howdy, Jeff. Great to see you. Yeah, yeah. Good to be back uh, together. Um, so we've got some things to talk about. We were talking about merch a little bit. Because uh, you know we we actually have we have grown a base and uh, I think there are the uh, the episode with my sister uh, had a line in it that different people really touched on. So apparently I said it's what I do instead of having you know what's it called marketable skills. Some people would really like to see that on a T-shirt. But I think a better line on a t-shirt would be, are you, why are you wincing? I'm bracing myself because I wasn't sure if we were going to dip back into uh, Jeff's bag of poetry. <laughs> no, but that would be great. That would be great too. Um, <laughs> that would be on a blue shirt, if you know what I mean. Um, no, I was thinking of... Uh, uh, the fir the first time was an honest mistake. The second time was a deliberate choice. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, we're we're playing we're, we're playing around with it, but we've got a we've got a printer and and uh, they've been they've been great. Uh, I've been taking a lead on this. I've been I've been, I've been doing all the phone calls, sending all the graphics and emails and so forth. Um, uh, Brian, how how was Pebble <laughs> Beach? And you Brian, will be you will be compensated accordingly, without a doubt. <laughs> you know what you say that with a "your reward is rich in heaven" tone. Keep up the fine work. Uh huh. Okay, so um, let let's talk football for a minute. You're you're dressed for it. I am. I've got my. Well, okay. Well, don't 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 confuse the situation. This is actually my dress hoodie. Uh, I have worn it before. Um, the thing is, as I as I continue to wash it, it's becoming less dressy. So I could pull it up and do the Bill Belichick thing. <laughs> Except I also have a ball cap on underneath. So um, I, that makes me look like I'm in the Klan. Uh, it's a navy blue. Uh, it's a navy blue hoodie. Um, and then if so, see you get that. You get that extra high. Um, you get the point. Yeah, you get a point. And then, but then if I do this, I don't know. 
Belichick actually looks pretty cool. I look like Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, I was. <laughs> and now I look like a puppy that can't find his way out from underneath the blanket. Oh, poor little Aww. puppy got lost. What? Poor little puppy got lost. Have you seen, have you, okay, so something weird is, oh, okay, so you know when you've been called sea bass, when it's come up, do you remember, so you and I, um, I moved away, you got married, you know, we, and, and we, we fell out Jimmy, of touch for a while. Jimmy quit. Those were the best days of our life. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Brian Adams is just a few years older than me. So in the summer of 69, I think he was like eight or nine. What's he doing? What's he doing hanging around with those guys? As an, as an eight-year-old. His parents. No kidding. Goodness. Uh, so... We didn't talk for a while. I, do, do you remember how we started talking again? Um, I, 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 I do, and I believe that it was shortly after 9-11. Who instigated it, me or you? Uh, it was me, of course. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. It might, you know what? I think we might have talked. Because I came out to see you in the summer of 2002. You and Sarah? Mm hmm And then you went back and knocked her up? A couple of years later. Yeah. Uh, you were driving an Audi then? I did. I had, I had the, the Audi the A4. Yep. Yeah. surely we've been talking before that yeah I mean, you, now, now that i think about it, i don't think that we talk i think that we would touch base with each other from time to time um but i think i re, i distinctly remember a conversation with you like a few days after 9 11 and you know we were just talking through it yeah um some yeah some friends called uh, I, different people called me up like I mean, it's like because I pay attention to world events. I yeah, I gotta, I gotta get Winger's take on this. Okay, you can, you, you, you can mock me if you want, but I'm not mocking. Yeah, people wanted. I mean, not the McNeil Air News Hour to be sure, but uh, there are people. Jared called me, and and asked me what I. Oh, you know what? Ricky Noble called. Hmm. So see, these are there are there yeah. were people who were like. Oh, how about that? Well, anyway, that, that was over 20 years ago. And now I'm dead to those people. Um, not to Jared. No, not to Jared. And, <laughs> and probably not Ricky, but, you know, Rick, Ricky's like had a family and stuff. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, uh, so anyway, you, you and I, I don't think we were really talking though when I was in Portland, right? So it must've been, yeah, yeah, I don't know. We, we, we got back to Texas, we got down to Texas in 99. So start, probably started talking then. Well, anyway, 
at some point, I mean, okay, so you had a certain idea of me in, in your head of, you know, quoting Winston Churchill and referencing literature. And then. <laughs> I okay. Said, I was, I was, I was 17 years old and you gave me a huge book about Whitaker Chambers. Did I really? I gave you yes. that Whitaker Chambers book. Why did I do that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> did you read it? I, I I tried to. I tried to. Dude, I'm still. I, I mean, I'm still working on a solo managing expectations podcast about Whitaker Chambers. I find that guy so fascinating. Yeah. I really want to finish his book Witness. I mean, I'm you know, probably a quarter of the way through it, but I mean, he's such a beautiful writer. George Will like took him to the woodshed like in the last year. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so, uh, so that's 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 like our uh, that's some context surrounding my view of you. Okay, so we're talking on the phone, and I say something like, "For a good time, meet sea bass." In, in okay, which is which is uh, from Dumb and Dumber. And, and my recollection is this. You take a double beat and then say, oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> I remember. Do you really? Uh-huh. I mean, is that is that close to your recollection? That That's about right. Yeah. Okay. Because, uh, oh, you know what? I, I first saw Dumb and Dumber on videotape when we were still in... Uh, the Denver suburbs because <laughs> I still remember that kid in their building going pretty bird pretty bird so so inappropriate yeah anyway so okay so then we started talking after that all right right yeah I was I wasn't I wasn't impressed that you could quote Dumb and Dumber. You weren't? It, no, it I don't doesn't like, I don't speak want... to range. It doesn't speak to range. Did, I, did... Be, it, look, at that time, I wasn't, I was surprised. And disappointed. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm angry. I'm not saying I'm angry. And it won't be the last. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying I'm angry with you. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, well, so, uh, yeah, okay, all right. Well, um, I'm not sure, sure what brought that up. Uh, we will have to uh, come come back one of these days to uh, Whitaker Chambers, because that was an, I, I, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but uh, uh, Whitaker Chambers was just this really, interesting guy he was born like at the turn of the 19th century and uh he he got he he became a communist and then he when stalin took over i mean he was a spy he was like spying for the russians for the soviets on the americans and then he wanted out and he wanted out without getting an ice pick, you know, in the or an uh, uh, ice axe, you know, 
through the head like Trotsky. So anyway, we'll talk about that in due course. First, though, um, I wanted to bring, uh, I want to take care of some housekeeping. Mrswinger.com uh, is still making masks and they're still double layered cotton. There's still room, still have a sleeve for a, a filter, but she's moved on to new products. Oh, interesting. Well, let's see if you, let, let me say, okay, the, you and I have not practiced this. Do, have you ever seen a bowl cozy? Okay, Brian, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Have you ever microwaved a bowl of something only to find the bowl is so hot that you either like burn yourself or make a mess or both? Got to get another bowl because there's no way I'm going to put this thing on my lap while I watch TV. So she, she uses um, a very... Uh, she, she, she uses different cotton fabrics, um, and they can be, it's, it's washable. Most importantly, it can be microwavable. So say you have a bowl of soup or queso, and you want to bring this up to temperature. You, you put the bowl inside the Mrs. Winger bowl cozy, and uh, you, you nuke it. And then you, it, it serves as a hot pad, except it's shaped, it's contoured to the bowl, right? So then you're good to go. And it, so it, it, it microwaves through the cozy, but the cozy itself doesn't get hot. It's a, it's a protective layer. And it's also cute as a button. I imagine uh, different patterns and colors. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Genius. It, yeah. And I'm not fooling around. A lot of, a lot of ladies really like this. Now here's what I do. I bring something in the microwave up to the molten level and then I just grab a towel and then I kind of like try to like get it around it and then pull it out without, without burning myself or making a mess, you know? So th this seems, a, you know, a little precious for somebody who, you know, radiates manly certain certitude the way I do. But you know what? Ben Franklin said that man is a tool making animal. And if you, if you could have a, a tool, a, a, a utensil, a, a piece of equipment that uh, could allow you to microwave your queso and not make a mess and not burn your, yourself, why wouldn't you? Just because it doesn't have like GI Joe on the side? Come on, get over yourself. It's blue. Heat up. Okay. Heat up, heat up, eat up. Man, that that is that is uh, Freddie Rumson great.
So, so go to mrswinger.com and uh, check this out because uh, it, it's the next big thing. That's cool. You know uh, what do you? Uh, okay, so uh, you know when a good time is to eat queso, Brian. I usually like to uh, have uh, queso. You know when I'm watching, you know Downton Abbey or a marathon of Jane Austen adapted movies you know something like that jane austen maybe that's something that we talked about on the new lost episode was that something we talked about last time yeah and it was awesome shut up you know what you know what you know what you lost you lost what the kids were listening to now none of our listeners know how how hip we are okay you've lost audio Jared's lost audio. I've lost audio. You know who's never lost audio? Tears up. In any of her th- three times on the show. Jeff. Yeah? You mean to tell me you've lost another episode? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so uh, I thought you when were going to say. When, when I'm watching football. When you're I love. Football. There we yeah. go. There we go. There we go. So it, we would be remiss in this uh, uh, season of uh, playoffs, in the football playoff season, uh, if we didn't talk about last week's games. Uh, it, it, it was last week to us, and it may be last week to you, depending on how fast we can get this sweet baby out. But here's what. We had uh, four divisional playoff games played. Uh, all of them were decided by three points every single one except no four, except no, the, for the 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 chiefs game would have been decided by six right because they got a touchdown yeah. okay so three out of three or three out of four were were decided by three so it was incredibly competitive um we might just i i, I the the home team, the higher seeded team, lost in three out of four. Uh, the Chiefs prevailed against a very good Buffalo Bills uh, team, and I want to, but I want to work up to that game because it was really something. Mm-hmm. So all of these games were really close. Um, the 49ers looked great against the Packers, who looked not great. Uh, I was very surprised that. Is is Aaron Rodgers the league MVP? There's a lot of talk. Yeah, there's a lot. It hasn't been decided yet, but it, it's it's looking like that. I mean, stats alone, it's it's looking like that he probably will be. So he's an incredibly uh, precise passer, right? Mm-hmm. But boy, he brings a lot of drama to a Packers organization that's not used to drama. And that's kind of new, isn't it? I, I mean, think that been... he, Go ahead. he has always been a little bit prickly. Can we say, can we say prickly? I, we can, or some people might 
think that that's one syllable too many. Yeah. Um, he's always been a little bit prickly. And yet but, he's got a national ad campaign. Uh, well, well, you know how that is. He's a winner. Uh, well, if you're a jerk, you don't get it. Barry Bonds never had a national ad campaign. Barry Bonds is a jerk? That's what I heard. Uh, I, I think that I think that Aaron Rodgers can be charming. Uh, I th- I think he's got more than one one setting. So, yeah, boy, just think of if I was able to turn mine on and off. Just imagine how far I could have gone. All right, so then you had uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Yes, it's the Los Angeles Rams again, uh, playing Tampa Bay and the. Okay, so isn't Tom Brady 44? He is. And isn't that your age? Uh, If I was one year younger, it would be. Does Tom Brady make you wonder what you're doing with your life? No. (laughs) (laughs) So I follow this guy on Twitter. I I think he's like a liberal playwright who who posts as Richard Nixon uh, and he's great. It's like he, he captures Nixon so perfectly. And, and the thing about him is he just won't leave it alone. The Tom Brady got a girl in trouble and like left her. Okay. So, I mean, it's like he, 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 he tweets that at least once a year and uh, the, she is uh uh, Bridget Monahan, Moynihan, Moynihan. There's a Y. Moynihan, um, an actress of some renown, uh, yeah. was on uh, Blue Bloods with uh, Tom Selleck. And I saw something. I saw something recently about Bridget Moynihan that she is currently the age that Wilford Brimley was in Cocoon. I saw that too. Amazing, right? Yeah, incredible. <laughs> yeah, she couldn't play. A geriatric. No. Yeah, holding up, holding up real well. Okay. Anyway, let's not. Uh, as much as you know, what the only thing we talk about more than James Bond on this podcast are are are, are actresses. <laughs> did you did you listen to the one with Tirza when we got to Florence Pugh? No. Okay. There was a lot of Dune to get to Florence Pugh. (laughs) Which part did you talk more about? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you get me going on Florence Pugh. Okay, so, so, uh, the, okay, so Tom Brady has just made a living out of astonishing last drive last minute comebacks getting getting his team within um field goal range uh scoring right and the rams gave him the ball with like what was it three minutes left enough time plenty you know i mean at one point halfway through the fourth quarter it seemed like the rams thought oh you know we'll do we're just going to run the ball, keep the ball on the ground, keep the clock moving. And the Tampa Bay defense had something to say about that. 
-hmm. So now all of a sudden they can't get a first down to prolong the drive. And then they got to throw. And then when it, when it's an incomplete pass, the clock stops and then they got to punt. And so, yeah, so, so Brady ends up with uh, the ball with plenty of time. Um, but something, but anyway, uh, did that one go to overtime? No, 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 but, uh, it, but it, it came down to the final seconds, right? Yeah. The, I think they kicked a field goal with four seconds left. Okay. And then uh, the other game that we haven't mentioned, the, the other of the three games that we haven't mentioned. Oh, oh, well, I just want to go back to Green Bay. Green Bay, I, I didn't see how they had any excuse to not put more points on the board. Uh, the first drive, they went down, they scored, and then it never happened again for the rest of the game. Yeah. And it's freezing cold, and I'm sure it's hard to catch the ball, but, you know, John Madden always said, the lousy conditions favor the receivers, uh, favors the offense, because they know what they're trying to do as opposed to just reacting mm -hmm. to what's happening. Uh, anyway, Green Bay couldn't put it together. So fooey on them, I say. Yeah. Uh, the, the Broncos hired their OC today as their head coach. Probably, probably saw that. Uh, okay. So they didn't hire Colin Hanks from the Cowboys. No. Wait, they hired the offensive coordinator from the Packers? They did. What's his name? Nathaniel Hackett. Paul Hackett's son. Okay. So you're saying the guy that masterminded the inability to score any points after the first drive just got hired by... I wonder, I wonder if that means that they're going to go for Rodgers. That's the rumor. It was the rumor last year. We'll see. It's, it's gained some steam. Well, I mean, are the Broncos going to want to give up three first-round picks for a 38-year-old quarterback? Yeah, yeah they will, because yeah, they're will. that sad and desperate. Well, and we don't want to get too, too far off, uh, off the subject of playoffs because the Broncos certainly aren't in it, but um, they certainly are not. The Broncos have 11 draft picks in this upcoming draft. They, they're $50 million under the salary cap. I mean, there are favorable conditions for them to trade. And oh my. Yeah. So they're, they're in good shape. Okay. Uh, except for you and me, nobody who listens to this cares about the Broncos. Oh. Well, it's just that um, uh, for every one Colorado listener, there are three Texas listeners. I spend a, I spend some time with the you know with the with the numbers, Brian. Are you some egghead that obsesses over the analytics. I just give the people what they want, and uh, they respond. Your your dry trenchant wit. So let's talk about the big game. That was the Buffalo Bills with their exciting, massive lad quarterback, Josh Allen. Josh Allen from Riverside High School in California, who 
went to what didn't he go to UCLA and then ended up in Wyoming? I think I think you're right. Yeah, I think he was a transfer. He probably sat at UCLA and uh, yeah, I heard it wasn't a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I heard that from the half dozen guys that I know at work who are all California guys. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, we went to the same high school or what wow. stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, a few years apart. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> no, he good went defense. to Re- he went to Reedley College, junior college. Oh, okay. And then from there, transferred to Wyoming. That's it. And you made the point before that the wind blows 70 miles an hour pretty regularly. Um, Wyoming, the University of Wyoming is in Laramie, right? It is. And so, and so his, his pass, passing numbers coming out of college didn't look great. He was just over 50% uh, uh, completion percentage. Okay. But there, you know, but there were, there were factors that should have been taken into consideration. He's a, he's a big, strong guy, plays with a lot of gusto, and uh, some teams passed on him. And the Buffalo Bills knew what they wanted, and they I, – I, look, I thought that – that team put together a couple of wins to get to Kansas city mm-hmm. uh, that were more exciting than anything. I saw the, the Jim Kelly, Thurman Munson, Thurman Bruce Smith, uh, Bruce Smith bills put together, you know, everybody knew where their helmet was. Yeah. So they go into Kansas city where uh, the chiefs have had a really uh, un, ha, had had an unbalanced uh, season. Um, they lost several games kind of like in the first third of the season, would you say? Yeah, and then, I think they were two and four at one point or, or, yeah. or three and five or something like that. Something like that. So people were saying, oh, they'll never repeat. But, you know, the N- the NFL and its wisdom has prolonged the – season so it's it's actually like yeah yeah i wonder if there's any money to be made in that probably not (laughs) no so it's a what is it a 17 game season 17 games 17 games and so everybody's got to buy and you know it doesn't finish until the first week in january and this puts uh it puts the Super Bowl into uh, well into the February sweeps month. If anybody pays attention to that anymore, I don't know. I, mean, I mean, the networks have to, I suppose. But um, so anyway, so they go to Can- so Kansas City had put it together, had some really strong wins, but they did get beat later in the later in their season, including the, I mean, the, the Bills beat them, right? earlier mm-hmm. in the year and the Cincinnati Bengals beat him if I'm mm-hmm. if I'm correct so so now uh you've got the Bills and the Chiefs playing uh last Sunday night in Kansas City um it's cold but not but not ridiculous like Green Bay and um 
this was a rematch of last year's AFC championship game, which it probably should have been this year's AFC championship game, but we'll see what the Bringle, the Bring the Bringles, um, the, the, the Pringles, the Bengals bring to the table. Um, Brian, was that the best football game you've ever seen? Um, it was. And, and I, I, you know, I think back to some of the best games that I've, that I've seen. Um, one of them that comes to mind is when the Broncos beat the Packers for their first Super Bowl win, uh, which, was, which was a good game, uh, partially because I was, you know, had a, an interest in it. Um, but it was a competitive game. And in, I think that they gave the ball back to Brett Favre with a minute and a half left or two minutes left. And, but they weren't able to, Green Bay wasn't able to get it done and score. And it was a close game. So that was, that was a very exciting game because it was a Super Bowl. This game was off the charts exciting. You never knew. You, you had no idea what was going to happen. And you had two guys in Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes doing things and playing at a level uh, which you just don't see very often. So it was great. Yeah. I, I, was, I was thinking about a handful of games that I've seen over the course of my life. Um, obviously, I, I enjoy it any time somebody rolls up 35 or more on the, on the Raiders in whatever uh, city they're in this season. Um, you know, th- those are always good games, but they're not the greatest games. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like there was a, it seems like there was a, maybe a Monday night game that had of all people, like it, it was, it was weird. It was like the Jets and maybe it was when, Dan Fouts and uh, Dennis Miller were doing it, but had several game cha- uh, lead changes late, and it went down to you know the lat final play. Oh, you know what? Some people really liked that uh, Tennessee Titans uh, St. Louis Rams Super Bowl, mm-hmm. where that linebacker stopped. What? What? what, he, what he just on the on the last play? He was he, he was reaching out for the for the goal line. And came up a yard short. Yeah, and it was great. It was great. What well, What was the name of that running back for the uh, for the Titans? He always kind of looked like Woody Strode to me. W- Woody Strode so uh, was an actor before anyone anyone listening was born. Um, he was in the John Ford stable. He was in Spartacus with Kirk Douglas. He was in the Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Which was directed by John Ford with, with um, John Wayne, but was it Griffin? Was the Titans was the Titans running back Eddie Griffin? Eddie George. <laughs> Eddie George. Okay, there we go. I was right. It was Eddie G. Okay. So, uh, and do you remember the name of the linebacker that stopped him? I don't. But it was an amazing stop, right? Yeah. Well, you yeah. talk about, you know, how like like the Caesars were supposed to have a slave behind them whispering in their ear that all, all glory is fleeting, right? Mm-hmm. So here's this guy who saved a Super Bowl. Kept, yeah, 
kept uh, the opposing team from scoring on the last play of the game. And we can't remember his name. Though, of all things, I saw that guy interviewed on uh, the Charlie Rose show. This is before anybody knew that Charlie Rose um, uh, was a creep. And uh, the guy, you know, he's talking about it. And, and, and it was cool because you only talked to him for like a half hour. He's not going to do like a whole hour on the guy. But the linebacker, and, and it, I, I apologize for not knowing the man's name, but he said that it was in the, he was like watching, and it was like just a one-on-one -on -one thing. If Eddie George gets by him, it, you know, the, the Titans win. But if he stops him, the Rams win. So he, he said he was like looking at his, you know, the, just the way he had his hips turned and he, he, he made his decision based on that and wrapped him up. And, and you know, it's, we're, we're going to get to this in a second, but good defense, you don't, you don't see as much as you'd like. Just, I mean, you know, missed tackles, slip tackles, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's nice to see it done well particularly yeah. now when you, when, you know, you can't really hit a guy, but I think you're seeing the insertion of like, like, like Australian rules, football and rugby kind of things where like, you know, you, you just come at a guy with your shoulder, with your shoulder and wrap him up and tackle him. And, you know, for all I know, that's what they used to do when they were wearing leather helmets but you know, somehow, and you know, and it, obviously it it originated with the Raiders. You know, you spear a guy with your head, head with your helmet, right. with your head, with your hat. You get a get a hat on him. Anyway, so what happened? As though any of you listening don't know, is within the last quarter, the lead changed four or five times mm -hmm. and with 12 seconds left the chiefs get the ball okay so the bill okay so uh with just a minute and a half the bills have the ball they drive into chiefs territory a wide receiver goes out he like does this juke thing and like a cartoon character, the Chiefs defensive back is like psyched out and <laughs> falls down. But like I expected like one of those like cartoon things, like you said, where like <laughs> you his clothes are like laying there on the field. <laughs> and, he, and he's like standing there like completely naked. He I mean he just and see, I, 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 to me, I, I was hearing sound effects like because <laughs> the guy didn't know whether to go left or right or poop or go blind. What was interesting about that game is didn't didn't the Kansas City, didn't the kicker miss an extra point? Butker. Uh, yeah, he missed a field goal and then an extra point. So he easily could have been snake bit, which and things like that are always interesting to me that things like that will happen in a game and then you can still end up 
because usually that throws off the, 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 the score, right? When somebody misses an extra point, right. it throws off the score. And so it's either you, 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 you tie or it's either somebody's way ahead or somebody, <laughs> um, you know, okay. So either somebody is, yeah, it gets off the, <laughs> so the uh the natural football score uh is is thrown off and so then you end up with these kind of wild uh scores of you know 19 to 28 or, or whatever it is um and so when those two things happen usually you know when some a kicker misses a couple of things like that things get thrown off uh and so it was interesting for them to still be able to have the possibility of a tie and then to go into overtime. And I remember texting you and saying, uh, you know, is this, is this thing going to go into overtime? And you said you didn't trust the kicker and sure enough, he came through and uh, was able to, uh, to make it happen. And it went into overtime. So. Boy, I'll say. It was really something. Uh, yeah. So, so I, I, I know I've told you personally this story before, and hopefully I haven't said it here, but um, I think the only, the only thing that ever came close to me before this game was a Monday night football game in early, in the early 1990s um, when Joe Montana had left, had left San Francisco to go to the Chiefs. And, uh, uh, you know, it was late in his career, but he was, he was, you know, look at this point, at this point, it is hard to make a case for anybody being the greatest quarterback. I mean, I think you got to talk about Tom Brady in spite of him getting a girl in trouble and leaving her, um, because he has had such a high level of achievement for so long right. and even now in his 45th year you don't see any discernible diminution of ability or skill now i think about you know peyton manning and tom brady had some epic battles over the years indeed they did and peyton manning's last year here in denver was held together with uh, bailing wire, duct tape, and some chewing gum. And they had a great defense and they had Manning's presence there. But the Super Bowl win, they were just trying to keep the defense on the field. Uh, the second half, they, they just ran, they just handed the ball off and, and, you know, certainly tried their best to score more points. However, they were, they were better off with their, uh, with their defense on the field wreaking havoc. And he just, you know, he was limping around. He was throwing wounded duck passes to, to his receivers and was just really struggling. Um, well, I'm certain that Tom Brady's skills have diminished somewhat. Um, he's a lot more athletic than Tom Brady was in his final year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just a little, I, I mean, I was, I was very young. 
I, you know, little kid is maybe stretching it, but I remember um, Joe Namath left the left the Jets where he won a Super Bowl number three uh, and went went to, I think, maybe the Rams. But, I mean, his knees were just shot, just shot, you know. And he just wasn't, just wasn't the player. Um, Johnny Unitas, who, I, you know, I never saw play, but he did finish out his, season, his career, not with the Baltimore Colts, but with uh, the Chargers. San Diego mm-hmm. Chargers. So, you know, it, it happens. Guys want to stay in the game, you know, for, for whatever reason. I mean, you, you know, the more – I kind of appreciate it when guys say, you know what, fellas, I've had enough. I mean, Barry Sanders, I think, is the best example. He played till he was 30 and understood that he was – actually, I'm not sure how much Barry Sanders ever got hit. Because that guy was like maybe, I mean, such a great runner, so great. I mean, the way he could like stop on a dime and then like twist and change directions entirely, and then and then accelerate up to full speed after like, <laughs> stopping and reversing course, and then uh, and then he's at full speed in a matter of two steps. There's- and he played on horrible teams. His entire time in the NFL, he was on a terrible team. I I don't know that he ever played a playoff game, did he? I don't think so. Yeah. To me, those are the the stories that that get me. You know, the guys who, who like, really excel, who are great, and who, you know, it just doesn't work out for them. But, you know, Brian, uh, as I've been reading about the Russians, I kind of – I've realized – that I have a tragic view of history. Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, uh, so it's a Monday night game and Joe Montana and the Chiefs and John Elway and the Broncos. And, and, and look, Elway had quite a reputation for great comebacks. Uh, going back to, what was it, the 87 championship, AFC championship against the Browns. And that's when the Browns were ahead and had them pinned on the two on the two yard line. You know, it, it's funny. There's all these, there are all these apocryphal lines, right? Like don't shoot to see the whites of their eyes or, you know, stuff like, I don't know. History's full of stuff like that. And you think, well, maybe they never really actually said that, but it's a good line. We're going to keep it. You know, it's kind of like the, again, the John Ford line, um, when you have to choose between the truth and the legend, print the legend. Mm -hmm. So there was an offensive lineman, and I don't, do you remember what uh, positions uh, Dave Studdard played? He was an offensive lineman, big, big guy, I think he was a Harley guy. And so with time running down, and with um, pinned on their own two-yard line, Dave Studdard tell, says in the, the, uh, in the huddle, we've got them right where we want them. And, and, and I, 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 you know, I've, heard that, I've heard that from, from you know, different guys. I mean, I think I heard Studdard tell the story. I think John Elway's told the story. Um, 
I don't see any reason to doubt it. And then John Elway orchestrated a fantastic drive that utilized the sidelines and timeouts and what they did. They did they score or kick a touchdown? Um, I think this. I, I, I think score they, a touch. I'm sorry, score a touchdown or kick a field goal. I think they scored a touchdown. Yeah, and then the, and they went the, to the Super Bowl and were absolutely humiliated. Yeah, story should have ended. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So Elway had had a a reputation for coming from behind and winning, you know, and and it happened a lot. And really, before Tom Brady, Elway was kind of the guy, although wasn't Joe Montana called the comeback kid? But then he started playing on, I mean, then those San Francisco teams became so dominant that they weren't really coming from behind. I mean, he was just, they were just beating everybody and beating them pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this, this uh, Monday night game in the early nineties, it, I mean, the lead changed several times in the fourth quarter and they were just both just, I mean, I think Elway was a much better quarterback at that point than he'd been just a couple years earlier when Montana put up 55 against the Broncos in that humiliating Super Bowl. It's great. And Joe Montana won. And even though I was bummed as a, as a Bronco fan, it was a great game. I mean, you just, it was a great game. It was in a way it's like an honor to have seen it an honor. I don't know. You, no, it was, it was, when you think nice about to... all the crappy games you sit through just because it's football and what else are you going to do? You know, I've always kind of said this. Okay. You're going to want to wince for this. When I see like a fat girl in a thong. And well, that's not great, but then it's kind of like a football game between like, I don't know, Jacksonville and the Jets, you know? It's like, well, what else are you going to watch? Huh. Maybe you never thought of it that way before. I haven't. I don't, I hope I never do. (laughs) All right. So anyway, um, uh, do we have time to talk about the Giants and the Colts in 1958? No. <laughs> no? 1958. Yeah, it was called the best game ever. What was that? What was that? 70. Is it 74 years ago? No. No. 64 years ago? Okay, hang on. Well, so okay, so then, so this is twenty-two. So if it was sixty, if it took place in sixty-two, that would be sixty years, and so it would be sixty-four years ago. And and it's it's long been called the best game ever, but not not in like the not in the um, arch ironic way that we say that ever you know, you know that we, we say that today like you know you know what today is you know what this is 
best podcast ever. Big time. I know, right? Ella introduced me into to a new term. She was talking about uh, you know the young people and what they're doing, and she says zillennials will do this. Is that what like, like Gen Z? But instead of calling them Gen Z, like Gen X and the Boomers do, they call them zillennials. Is that something people do other than your daughter? I have no idea. That's I mean, look, I, I, she is a, she is a taste mace, taste maker, <laughs> a toast master, and an influencer. So I'm fine saying zillennial. Let's see here. <laughs> you're just gonna, you're gonna open up your Urban Dictionary app. Uh, no. Okay, so the best game ever was the Giants and the against the Colts, and uh, for the championship game, it's what they called it before uh, they started uh, hyping it as the Super Bowl. And Mark Bowden, who wrote Black Hawk Down and Killing Pablo, and other uh, other books, actually wrote a book called the best game ever and he dedicated this to david halberstam oh. small world am i right yeah so in explaining um okay so so uh just the liner notes um said uh, uh, or you know the, the inside cover says uh, played on a freezing Sunday evening in front of 64,000 fans and millions of television viewers around the country, the championship would go down as the greatest in football history. That was before last Sunday night. On the field and roaming the sidelines were 17 future Hall of Famers, including Colts stars John Unitas, Raymond Berry, and Gino Marchetti, and Giants greats Frank Gifford, Sam Huff, and assistant coaches Vince Lombardi and Tom Landry. The championship was a battle of the league's best offense, the Colts, versus the best defense, the Giants. It squared the blue-collared Baltimore team, many of whom worked off-season jobs selling liquor or taking shifts at Bethlehem Steel, against the glamour boys of the Giants squad who often appeared in TV commercials and were seen around town at trendy spots like Toots Toot Shores, mingling with the likes of politicians and Broadway stars. Um, this game also had a last minute comeback, but I don't wanna, I don't wanna spoil it for anybody who hasn't read the book. Um, the, uh, just the, this in, here, just setting it up a little bit, uh, talking about TV, it says um, this was the third time the NFL championship game had been on national television, and each year the audience had grown. The number of Americans with sets was exploding from a mere 12,000 in 1946 to 4 million just four years later. When World War II ended, just a half of 1% of American homes had TV sets. By 1962, just four years after this game was played, 90% would. Hmm. Television was working 
profound changes in American politics, marketing, journalism, and entertainment. And part of this concerned the way people watch sports. Pro football had begun to attract a larger and larger number of viewers on Sunday afternoons. An estimated 37% of those who turned on their sets in that time slot were watching the NFL. Television was perfect for action, particularly the suspense of live action. That's how it struck Oren E. Dunlap Jr. of the New York Times after the first ever televised game in 1939, a college matchup between Fordham University and Waynesburg College. Dunlap wrote, with a camera on a dolly at the 40-yard line, the coach himself has nothing on the televiewer in the armchair at home. Both are on the sidelines. Football by television invites audience participation. The contest is in the living room. The spectator is edged up close. That was 1939. Can you imagine what it looked like in 1939? Before. It's like, it'd be like watching it on a Game Boy, except, except in black and white with like a bunch of static and yeah, maybe it, it wouldn't be that smooth. It probably didn't have very good, like, like the 3d graphics, like in between plays. <laughs> uh, so then, so then the other thing, um, consider the men on the field. Many were already famous. Others were just starting their careers. Among the giants were Roosevelt Brown, Rosie Greer, who actually, I, this is a, I, I always remembered him as a, Rosie Greer was on the Rams. And uh, like in the room when Robert Kennedy was assassinated. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Frank Gifford, Sam Huff, Emlyn Tunnel, Mel Triplett, and Andy Robustelli. Kicking for New York was Pat Summerall, who would become, as would Gifford, among the most famous TV faces and voices of pro football. Roaming the Giants' sidelines were future Hall of Fame receiver Don Maynard and Jack Kemp, the eventual AFL quarterbacking star, future congressman, U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, and vice presidential candidate. For the Colts, there were Johnny Unitas, Raymond Berry, Jim Mutscheller, Lenny Moore, Alan Amici, Art Donovan. Do you know who Art Donovan is? Mm-mm. Um, he, I read a book of his called uh, Fatso. He, he, was, he was short and he wasn't a natural athlete at all, but he was hilarious. Like all the guys loved him because he was hilarious. Hmm. And uh, he would like, like to make weight in training camp. He would sit in his car in like a rubber suit with like it's summer and it's like all the windows are, are, are rolled up. And so it's just like, it's like a thousand degrees in there. He was, he, he did a light beer commercial like in the late eighties or something, but um, he was a funny guy. Uh, Jim Parker, Ordell Braza, Jim Pellington and Gino Marchetti. And I remember, I, okay, so I was kind of like defense. So like when I was a kid in school, I um, uh, read a book that like the great linemen of the NFL and like it goes back to, to Gino Marchetti and 
probably like the only Italian name that like ever was uttered in the winger household. Anyway, mm-hmm. and the men on the sidelines were every bit as notable with three, uh, with three who would become icons of the pro game. On the giant side of the field coaching the offense was Vince Lombardi, who was just a few years away from building his dynasty in Green Bay and coaching the defense, Tom Landry, who would shape the Dallas Cowboys into another NFL power. Coaching the Colts was Weeb Eubank, who in his career would steer two different NFL franchises to championships. It was the greatest concentration of football talent ever assembled for a single game on the field and roaming the sidelines, including Giants owners Wellington and Jack Mara, were 17 future members of the NFL Hall of Fame. So until, so my, my, my friend um, and mentor and father figure, uh, Bill, saw that game. Uh, he was living outside of Washington. So there were Washington, D.C. So there were, um, you know how like the NFL's always like reserved the right to like black out in a city and stuff. So the game wasn't, I don't think, televised in, in Baltimore and um, in New York. And actually the Bowden's book talks about how like north of the Empire State Building, you could pick up a Philadelphia station. And so there were New Yorkers watching it. Anyway, my friend Bill saw it, and then he saw Sunday's game. So because he's super old, uh, he's been privileged to see the two greatest games ever played. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. One last thing. So, okay, so I think that, like, these gambling commercials for on, on NFL games is despicable and uh, harlotry. <laughs> capitalist harlot well harlotry is by nature capitalistic i suppose yeah Uh, i got some stuff to tell you about like the russian sector and the uh, fall of berlin too but we'll get to that some uh, another episode uh anyway the um um the gambling apps right that one's kind of funny with the uh the manning family so it's like uh Archie Manning, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, and then like the other brother who's not a pro football quarterback. Cooper. Cooper. <laughs> Cooper. And then like the guy playing Caesar is the is the is JB Smoove mm-hmm. from uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. So I'm told. And then is that Halle Berry as it, as it is. how old's Halle Berry? 73 that's what i thought because she's looking great but here's the thing so so i mean the whole gambling thing can just go pound sand with a flat shovel but i'm telling you peyton manning is a funny guy okay yes so so eli's like talking about and for all i know this was written but he delivers the line right so um Eli's talking about how great the helmet catch was, that circus catch in his Super Bowl. And Peyton goes, well, I probably just would have hit him in the numbers. <laughs> which, is, which is so funny, right? Right. Yeah. All right. You got anything else? Oh, you know, okay. Whoa. Are we going to do? Okay. So here's the thing. 
there's just one last thing. And I, I, I know we, we want to wrap this up. And I usually say that about four times before actually wrapping it up. There, people are losing their minds because they're saying the playoff sudden death rules are bad and unfair. And I'm here to tell you, I have no problem with them. Okay. Um, everybody knows, because here's what, it's not like you just like make it up, right, at, at the time. Um, everybody knows going in. Okay, so yeah, if you could lose, if you lose the, if you lose the the coin, the flip, the coin toss, mm-hmm. then your defense has to play, and they better play because you, you can't let the other team score a touchdown. And you know what Buffalo did? They let them score a touchdown. They let them score a touchdown. Okay, so like, don't act shocked and don't act like it's unfair because both sides didn't. I mean, this is how it's always been in one fashion or another uh, yeah like uh, you know growing up playing whether it's football and you know some field somewhere or playing basketball um on a on a street court it was uh wasn't uncommon next score wins yeah you know it's it's getting late i mean that's that's how it that's how it goes and uh you don't want the other guy your mom was blowing the shofar which was which is your indication to come home Next Why is it every time I make a funny joke about your mom, it just kills your momentum? I don't know. <laughs> we should get into that. Yeah, but yeah, that'd be a blast to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, there are there are clever ways to approach it. Do, do you like the way they do sudden death in college? Well, it's not really sudden death. It's that you know you you get it at the twenty five, or the thirty five, or whatever it is, right? And you and you and you you have to you have to score. Okay. Um, I, I and do then find the other team, and then the other gets team it. gets a, an opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And then failing that. Both teams get two-point conversion distance. Yeah, then, then you've got to go for two, and and, and you know you can't. Um, it's it's a but it, it it is a little bit confusing when the NFL goes into overtime. Everybody knows what time it is. You you, you know exactly what's going to happen. You know what you need to do. Um, listen, what a shootout in hockey is is very exciting. What is that? You know, a game goes into overtime if, if neither team scores and they go into a shootout after a five minute period. And so you've, you know, I'm one guy what, goes and that, what is a shootout? Is that like, I mean, a guy like gets the puck. And so it's like him against the goalie. Yeah. It's, it's a guy against the goalie and each, each team gets, um, uh, you have to score twice if they don't, if they don't score once. So so you have the you have the ability to match goals like if the road team goes first and they don't score then you have to score two times okay how would you apply that in it's it's a different game it's a different game it's okay. exciting and ho- it's a, it's certainly very exciting in hockey but it's a different game okay so i heard i heard a couple of different ideas 
Let me run those by you. One is instead of doing the coin flip, you do, um, instead of doing the coin flip, the home team gets the ball first in overtime. Okay. So that, for one thing, so it's, this is like something else that you're, you're trying to win home field advantage for. It also would enter into the calculations of the opposing coach, the opposing team. Would they go for two, right? Okay, so like we don't. Yeah, that's kind of cool because it, it does, because you know what's going to happen in overtime. You have an idea as, how, as to how the overtime period is going to go. So you're able to make a strategy based on that. That's right. That's right. So I'm not going to, so I'm, I'm a, I'm a visiting coach. I know if we go to overtime, I mean, if, if we go to overtime, I'm not getting the ball, they're getting the ball first. So I'm going to go for two now to try to keep from going to overtime. Mm -hmm. We're either going to lose it or win it right here, right now. It's not going to go to overtime. I think that's interesting. I don't know all the ins and outs. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of cool. Um, you know, it, it, because with, with baseball, the home team bats last, um, right. They get the, they get the opportunity to, you know, in the ninth inning to match whatever the visiting team does. So that's, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. And, and, and frankly, and if you don't, well, in baseball, if you're, if you're ahead and the visiting team, can't get it done at the top, you know, in the top of the ninth, there is no bottom of the ninth. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other idea, which I thought was hilarious, was the ball's placed at the 50-yard line, and both, both teams start in their, oppose, in, in their own end zone, and at the whistle, they run to get, to get the ball, and the, and the team that gets the ball <laughs> gets the ball so it's kind of like a dodge what i think that the nfl has enough cte problems <laughs> as it is without you know without you know 11 guys on each team running 50 yards at full speed into each other <laughs> well you, you'd only have little guys because the big guys can't run 50 yards can you can you bring a bayonet with you <laughs> All right. I think that's good for now. Okay. Been, so been good. Yeah. Well, you know. This is a good one. You know, it's it it was dudes talking, but um, you know, those there there were some pretty great games and um, you know, I don't know. Uh people say Cincinnati beat the Chiefs earlier in the year. Uh, I don't know that they can do it again. My my dad always used to say it's very difficult to beat a good team twice. Huh. It's good. Yeah, it's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. And then on the other hand, the 49ers have beat the Rams like like six six straight times. Yeah. But the Niners aren't very good. The Niners are plenty good. They have a good defense, Bosa, and that that running back's a beast. Jimmy G is no Tom Brady, 
yeah we'll see how it goes we'll know more next time um so mrswinger.com uh don't forget about ray uh at all in a dream comics and books you can get more information at all in a dream.us uh get back to us let us know what you think about managing expectations merchandise anyway that's what's going on here and now um so on behalf of uh all of us here at the managing expectations family when you're here you're family <laughs> when you're related to my wife you're apparently your family so thunder and lightning Welcome back, everybody. Fortunately, in our schedule, there was enough time for the NFL to play the championship games for the two conferences, the American Football Conference and the National Football Conference. And so because we are America's sports leader, we wanted to tack this on to the back of uh, the greatest games ever played, uh, which were not played yesterday, Sunday in the championship games. Before we dig in, just want to remind you, which we didn't do last, which we haven't done previously, is that uh, you can check us out at managingexpectationspodcast.locals.com. That's managingexpectationspodcast.locals.com. Uh, hey, Brian, you thinking about going to Spotify and after they 86 that other guy? We could be exclusive behind the paywall. I'm working on something pretty big, but I'm not, I don't really think I can talk about it publicly. Might be premature. A little premature. All right. So, so yesterday, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals defeated the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, this was the fourth straight AFC championship that the Chiefs had been in, uh, and the first time they'd lost in three years. So um, the Bengals didn't look great, but the Chiefs didn't either. And the Chiefs got kind of sloppy. It was almost like, Mahomes is starting to believe his own press releases, maybe. Do you have a yeah, thought? Or? I do. I thought that they started the game very well, the Chiefs. Are you kidding? They looked unstoppable. They looked mm-hmm. like this was going to be a 42 to 10 drubbing of the Bengals. Yeah. Um, and then I noticed, and, and I think I sent you a text two weeks ago that Mahomes is relying on his scrambling ability and his dancing ability to get him out of some tight spots. Just so. Which is a, a tremendous skill to have because when you have edge rusher, edge rushers and even, you know, the, the 
nose tackles who are, you know, 350 pounds and can They're run husky, it. Brian. They're Take husky. it easy. I, mean, but, I don't think we need to talk about numbers. Point is, is that they're tremendous athletes and can out. There's been, an, there's been a pandemic going on, Brian. Everybody's put on a little weight. Well, these guys have put on a little bit of weight, but they've also added speed to their weight as well. Um, Which guys? Oh, the, the Cincinnati linemen? Defensive linemen in general. I mean, it's, oh, it's there's rem- there's still some fatties in the league. There was like an amazing there was an amazing play yesterday when Mahomes scrambled for like ten minutes and like the defensive end had to like come out because he was breathing so hard. He was out for like three plays. He was just like <gasps> just sucking eggs on the uh, on the sideline. And and maybe you know that's that's a great skill to have is you know wear out the competition. However, he looks like he's improvising a little bit too much. Yes, I agree. I agree. And did you um, you um, there was a play late in the game. Uh, Cincinnati was just rushing three and it looked like Mahomes was going to have all the time in the world and a linebacker who was like, uh, assigned to, I think they call it ghost him. Spy. Just like state spy. Yes, that's it. Yes. Ghosting is when you like lurk on somebody's social media and like, don't like do anything about it. Is that no. ghosting? No, ghosting is where, like, you text me and I never text you back for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, there's a guy I do that to. Yeah. And I expect to block him in the next couple of weeks, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. So, so the spy, so the spy um, just had like an open lane and he came straight up uh, and sacked Mahomes. It was a huge loss when uh, the Chiefs couldn't afford it. Yeah. Uh, also, I thought that the uh, the coaching as manifested in the taking of timeouts failed them yesterday. Uh, they didn't have all their timeouts when they needed them, uh, as opposed to that amazing game against the Bills when they needed it, they had all three. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so this was this was different. Uh, and and I, I could not agree more. I agree so much. I should actually let you make your point. Well, and so I noticed that he was doing that against Buffalo is that he was, and I think I sent you a text and I'm worried that he's, he's relying on his feet too much um, instead of just, just kind of making the plays. Um, And I noticed that same trend. It seemed to be a little bit more amplified, especially in the second half when it seemed like the Bengals defense just figured out what to do. And Patrick Mahomes said, well, I'm just going to have to pull a rabbit out of a hat uh, on every third and 12 that I'm up against. Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. <laughs> I did. I think he did say that. Yeah. In the huddle. Rawr! <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah. So, yes, uh, you, I, 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 could, I absolutely agree. And, and so... It, it, it is beautiful and amazing to behold when he flits away, uh, but uh, it, it's a tough thing. It, it, it's a tough thing to hang your hat on because ultimately it is a physical, it is an athletic competition against other trained and motivated men. It's not magic. I mean, you know, the great ones make it look like magic. In fact, one guy is actually even nicknamed Magic. Yeah. Different sport. It is. But. But, but 
you're on borrowed time if if that is your game plan to uh to to run around and, and hope that something develops out in front of you yeah travis kelsey who i believe uh, i have previously described as a midtown hipster dirtbag is growing on me for one thing he got a haircut he looks like a nice guy nice young man but he had a pretty good game in the in the first half and then not as big in the second but then as you say it, it seemed like the cincinnati defense was figuring some things out yeah yeah. It is. It is so. It is so interesting to see how how the momentum shifts, where you think, boy, this is this is going to be a total blowout, and then teams can just hang around just close enough, and the next thing you know, uh, it's a tie yeah. game with with just a few seconds left, and Kansas City needs to make something happen, and they just could not do it. Just couldn't do it. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, Hill, Tyreek Hill, uh, kind of had a quiet game, so I don't know if they were double teaming him. But then the other guy, um, <laughs> the other diminutive wide receiver for the Chiefs, uh, who who is a speedster, um, you know, wasn't wasn't making up what, you know, making up for it. All right, so the NFC game was all California all the time. It was the Rams in their brand new state of the art, even greater than Jerry World Stadium, SoFi Stadium, in Inglewood. Or Irving, Irvine. Where I think is it's it? an I think it's in Inglewood. In, is is it? That's where mm -hmm. the uh, the forum used to be, right before the Staples Center. Actually, and didn't they just tear down the Staples Center? No, they renamed the Staples Center. <laughs> okay. It's so now the Staples. It's it's now Crypto.com. No way. It no is. Way. It no. is. And Matt Damon, get off my podcast. Get off my podcast. <laughs> and uh people have been referring to it as the crypt oh i see what they did there yeah that's dumb right shake my head smh sierra mike hotel for for the servicemen listening in i just wanted to toss that out in the nato phonetic alphabet <clears throat> so the uh, uh the 49ers we're looking good. They had a good defense. They have that amazing runner named uh, Ebo Samuel. Samuel. Yeah. And, uh, but you know what else they have? They have Jimmy Garofalo and they have Kyle Shanahan. And um, I've, remember got, when, I've got no beef with Kyle Shanahan. I do. I think, he, I think he's a moron. I just think he's stupider every year. Yeah, but you know what? He kind of looks like my brother-in-law. <laughs> and I question some of his decision-making too. So it could be that. Hey, miss, looking forward to having you on later. So, um, so anyway, so you have no beef with Kyle Shanahan, but Jimmy G was Tom Brady's backup. And when, every, when uh, Bill Belichick sent Jimmy G from the Patriots to the 49ers, everybody was like, whoa, why are they getting rid of their future great quarterback? And once again, the hoodie turns out to be a pretty good judge of talent. He is. Yeah, because Jimmy G is no Tom Brady. In, in the 90s, 
and I think the band is still around technically. There's a, a band called Garbage and they're a super group. They have like, uh, you know, like some producers. Super and... group of the 90s? Who was mm-hmm. in it, Brian? Uh, oh boy, I don't remember. I know that that um, a uh, uh, an Irish uh, female, an Irish woman, her name was Shirley Manson, was the lead singer. Shirley Manson? Mm-hmm. You're not thinking of Marilyn Manson, are you? I'm not thinking of Marilyn Manson. It's something com- completely different. But uh, the name of the band was Garbage, and and they had a they had a few big hits, and and um, they the were Garbage were... Pale Kids. Nope, just Garbage. Okay. And um, can and I just were... can I interrupt you for just a go, second here? Go right ahead. Uh, the Garbage is an American rock band formed in '93 in Madison, Wisconsin. The band's lineup consisting of Scottish singer Shirley Manson and American musicians Duke Erickson. Steve Marker and Butch Big has remained unchanged since its inception. All four members are involved in the songwriting and production process. Garbage has sold over 17 million albums worldwide. To be a supergroup, don't I have to have like heard of any of them or couldn't don't they have to have had like some other success? No, you're just saying they're a really what you're saying is they're just a they're a big hit. They were a yeah. big hit. They were a big hit. They hosted, they, they were the musical guests on Saturday Night Live in the 90s. And Drew Barrymore, I mean, stay with me here, but Drew Barrymore was the host. And when she introduced the band, she says, ladies and gentlemen, the very sexy garbage. And then the band starts to play. And so I saw on Twitter over the weekend, uh, somebody showed <laughs> somebody showed a picture of Jimmy Garoppolo and it's and then followed by uh the little clip of drew barrymore saying ladies and gentlemen the very sexy very sexy garbage (laughs) that's great that was great great payoff fantastic uh that twitter what are they gonna think of next boy it's something so uh i and by the way jimmy jimmy g is a fine looking man yeah yeah Yeah, he, he he looks like a disney Disney hero. A Disney prince. A Disney prince. He does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, you know who doesn't look like a Disney prince is Matthew Cooper Stafford. Cup. Oh. What? Cooper Cup. <laughs> well, I'm not sure I could tell the difference between Cooper Cup and uh, who, who Mrs. Winger likes, by the way. She goes, I like him. I said, you just like, you just like him because he's got a funny name. She says, maybe, but also that play because he had just done something amazing yeah so matthew stafford what's his deal okay so he was he was in he was in uh detroit where did he play college ball because i'd never heard him speak and he sounds like he's from mississippi or arkansas or something played his college ball at georgia yeah there it is (laughs) georgia is to alabama what michaels is to joe ann's <laughs> for our crafty listeners, that one was for you. Okay, I I stole that. I didn't exactly steal that, but that's a riff on a Gary Goldman joke. We we are military members. We have something for you. Those that enjoy knitting, we've got something for you too. You, you too. Um, yeah. So. Uh, it looked like 
San Francisco was ready to win, but the Rams rallied, and when they did so, San Francisco didn't seem to have any solutions. Would you yeah. agree with that? I would agree with that. Yeah, they've they've got a they've got a good team. The Rams do. I mean, they've got they've got players that have experience. You know, obviously Matthew Stafford's been around for for a little while. Um, they you know Aaron Donald is a tremendous defensive lineman. They added Von Miller. Von Miller's Von Miller had a pretty big game yesterday. Yeah. Uh, for our um, for our forty percent of our listeners who are, are are listening in Colorado, we 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 know that uh, Vaughn Miller had been a Denver Bronco, but was traded earlier this season. Yeah. And things are going to work out for him. I think so. He's a he's a smart guy, right? He is. I mean, he reads books and stuff. Yeah. Have you seen him reading a book? Yeah, I see him at Barnes and Noble all the time. See, this is why people think you're the funny one. Because you are. All the time. Never not funny. Not true. So um, uh, who do you like in the... Oh, oh wait, you're going to watch the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm going to watch the Super Bowl. Um, I like... a communist or what was with the tone there? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'll have something going on that day. We'll see. You and the missus could go antiquing. Usually, you know, this the Super Bowl gets keeps getting pushed back every year. That's you know, a fact. The, the you know early spring is when I really like to go foraging for mushrooms. But we'll I don't know we'll see. I, I bet you do Panama red. <laughs> um, I do like I do like Joe Burrow an awful lot. Uh, Would you let him date your daughter? No way. (laughs) No, but he's smoking a lot of cigars. Well, he's a winner. (laughs) Is that what he says? Or is that what you say? That's what I say. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I, 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 you know, it actually could be a good game uh, insofar as it was a close game. And And I would put yesterday's games in the same category. I think that they, well, not that, no, I think that the Super Bowl could be a close game. I think that yesterday's games were close, but not especially good. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, hopefully it'll be competitive. You know, we'll see. Uh, apparently were the, the Rams were in uh, the Super Bowl just like three or four years ago, four years ago. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they were in the Super Bowl, but maybe the NFC Championship game. I thought they were in the. Who who played? Didn't wasn't it the the Rams who played the uh, Patriots and uh, uh, Levine? Ted Levine was the uh, was the halftime show. Adam Levine was the halftime show, and uh, he had the moves like Jagger, but like eight times as much ink. And remember, it was such a boring game. It was so boring because like, it was oh, like yes. three to nothing at halftime or six to nothing at halftime. 2019. Right? Yeah, 2019. Uh, New England versus the Rams and final score of 13 to three. Oof. Yeah, it was a te- that was a terrible game. I mean, but that's when like, wasn't Sam Brown 
the quarterback for the Rams? Um, Jared Goff was. Jared around. Goff. Yeah. Who was the guy that like wore the flannel shirts? Wasn't he in the Ram at the in at the Rams for a while? You know who I'm talking about? Maybe maybe it was Jared Goff. You know, really, if I think about it, a lot a lot of people wear flannel shirts. It's not probably going to help you narrow it down. So sorry about that. Withdrawn, withdrawn counselor. Who's the guy that wore the helmets? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, let's see. The, so the Rams are playing at home, but not. You know, but it's a Super Bowl, so it's not like, you know, they're going to have like a bunch of, I don't know. I, I don't know that that's, it's such a big spectacle, you know, there's people from all over the country and it's like all these yeah, corporate and, seats. And yeah, and Los Angeles didn't have an NFL team for a long time. I mean, because it, people in Los Angeles were pretty, they were, they were front, they're front runners, right? I mean, they're, they're, they only get excited when the team's good. So it's pretty amazing that a city, can have so much going on they don't even need a major sports team you know it's like oh yeah that's just another thing to do mm -hmm. whereas like i hear i'm here to tell you that in the midwest kansas city cincinnati these are like two sports teams when the team goes to the super bowl it is a huge deal yeah. and back east it's just like the civic religion yeah. i mean boston's got a lot of other things to do but you know everybody's a Red Sox fan. Yeah. Okay. So I, 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 you know, there, there are things that I like about both teams. I'd like to see Vaughn Miller get another one. I think that would be, I cool. would too. I would too. But I think it's going to be hard. Uh, I, so. And that's what they say about the super winning the super bowl. That it's hard. It's hard. It's hard work. Have you ever heard of anybody like having a cold? Well, well, that's well, what, well, playing in the Super Bowl. Michael Jordan had the flu. The flu the, of all things, and uh, that was hard. That was hard. That was tough. Did, uh, and didn't uh, what was the name of Weber on the Fab Five that Michigan team? Okay, see, you always screw this up. It was um, it was Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard had flu or something very similar. Yes, what uh, the Vietnamese would call. Bin Iachai. Look that up. Put that into your Google Translate, and you'll get an idea as to what uh, Juwan Howard was dealing with at the national championship. I, game. I always mess that story up. Yeah. So, so it is possible to compete at a very high level while suffering intestinal dysfunction. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, there we go. So, could be a good game. Uh, we'll no doubt mention it at some point, but hopefully we won't be holding this particular episode another two weeks for the Super Bowl. They get two weeks. They get two weeks in between the championship games and the Super Bowl, so we'll see. I don't see why Jack shouldn't get two weeks between podcast drops. I've never been busier in my life. I've never had more going on or less time in my schedule to fill out, to, 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 to record. And we are still backing up on the kid. <laughs> and you thought offending my brother-in-law was going to be the big, the big hit of the, of the show. All right, that's enough. Uh, Jackson's a good boy. And we appreciate producer Jack. And uh, thank you for making time, Brian. Do uh, you have one more thing? Uh, I did have one more thing. Um...
Brian, hit me with your laser beam. The halftime show, it's going to be huge. But they couldn't get, they couldn't get uh, Beyonce. They got her husband and like all of her friends. Uh, is this, and, and they got Eminem. He's not a West Coast guy. So like, are these all like the, the West Coast, the straight out of Compton group? Uh, no, well, it's think... not because it doesn't have uh, iced tea. No, Cube, Cube. It doesn't have ice cube. They don't have cube. And they don't have Jay-Z. Jay-Z is, Jay-Z is an East Coast guy. I didn't say Jay-Z. I know you said her husband. Beyonce's husband. Oh, that's right. Beyonce's not married to Dr. Dre. Well, see, that explains it. Yeah. Beyonce's married to Jay-Z. Totally different guy. East yep. Coast, West Coast. So, so, but so Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You say the halftime show is going to be huge, Brian. You've covered it. You've named all the guests. I don't know. There's no... <laughs> I'm the worst. I am just the worst. I'm worse than my brother-in-law. I'm worse than producer Jack. I'm the worst human being. Uh... Okay, we'll, we'll see. I don't, I, I, I really could not care less about the halftime show. No, but um, yeah, I don't have you ever, do you ever listen to the Black Album? Oh, you can't say. Your kids are, aren't going to be 18 for like several months. So um, they can't know about your checkered past. I just, I've never, I've never liked listened to it in an anthropological sense. I've never listened to Nevermind, though I have heard Smells Like Teen Spirit. And I just watched the video, like for the first time a couple years ago. Boy. That got out of hand quick. Am I right? Uh, yeah, that video came out 30 years ago. <laughs> what have you been yeah. doing? <laughs> well, you know, somebody, okay, now we're like totally off and I got my wife waiting because I, and I, we've gone twice as long as I promised her we were gonna, but um, the, somebody, Hulu or Showtime, somebody just put out a documentary about the albums that dropped in 1991. And it was, oh, it was Metallica, uh, what, Kill 'em All, maybe? What was uh, it, it was the self-titled, it was the Black Album. The Black Album. Mm -hmm. Dr. Dre put out the Black Chronic. Album. Chronic, right. And, um, <laughs> and, Pearl and Jam put out, put out the Black Album. <laughs> Pearl Jam also put out a Black Album. <laughs> Pearl Jam, yeah. Pearl Jam released. So 10. I mean, I mean, so there, and and I was ignorant of it. I, I mean, I, I saw it happening around me, but I think most of the. And by the way, all those guys are my age. Eddie Vedder, totally my age. Kurt Cobain, was my age. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of funny because like I'm on the younger end of Gen X and you're obviously on the slightly older end of Gen I X. I am as and, old as you could possibly be and still possibly make Gen X. But but those albums, I mean, I did listen to those albums. I own several of those albums, but um, I think that... What sleeves did you put them in so your mo mother didn't see what you had? The birds. <laughs> Yeah. Anyhow, this has been this has been a football episode. 
it has it has so we'll we'll talk more about brian's misspent youth at, at another occasion episodes um, okay so that's it for now um so uh in conclusion i just want to say thanks a lot for listening um we really appreciate it we appreciate the feedback by the way so we had some feedback from uh, listener lauren friend of the show he uh he went out and bought the deep blue goodbye at nightmare of pink and well yeah he's still speaking to me unlike unlike the mystery solving grannies I, I, I seem to remember a, a a pretty hard line being drawn <laughs> that i will i will go to the nightmare in pink and i will not go any further <laughs> yeah she says that now all right uh so that's it uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the managing expectations podcast run and shoot